With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Gordon Bird, and now on Beyond the News, we're speaking with Daniel Noah. He is the Warning Coordination Meteorologist at the National Weather Service Tampa Bay office in Ruskin. We're getting together to talk about a weather event that happened 100 years ago this week, as you hear this. On October 25th, 1921, a major hurricane made landfall in the Tampa Bay area and caused devastation across the region. The National Weather Service office here has put together a web presentation on the 1921 hurricane, and we're going to talk about what it was like and what it would be like if a similar storm arrived in a much more populated Tampa Bay area today. Daniel Noah, thank you for joining us on Beyond the News. You bet, Gordon, and I think you hit it on the head when you talked about population. That's the biggest difference between 1921 and today. Back in 1921, the Tampa Bay, St. Pete area had less than 200,000 people. Today, that number is over 3 million surrounding Tampa Bay. Uh, So the impacts from a similar type of storm would be much greater. Well, first of all, what was forecasting a hurricane's path like in 21? Your predecessors didn't have satellites, didn't have radar, didn't have hurricane hunter planes. How did they track a storm at sea and how much warning could they give communities on land? Well, the technology of the day included, uh, you know, telegraphs, uh, you had radio waves, so we had ship reports. Uh, our Weather Service Bureau back then uh, would work with the Cuban Weather Service, and uh, they let us know it was coming as well. Uh, and we did have warnings out from, I believe, Apalachicola all the way down the west coast of Florida, a really large area, because we just didn't know where it was going to go. Now, take us through the path of this storm and about where it made landfall and what made it so devastating on the Tampa Bay area. So about October 21st, 1921, we had the disturbance spin up near Cancun, Mexico, uh, near the Yucatan Peninsula, and it moved into the Gulf. Uh, And as typical with late October storms, you have an approaching cold front coming down, and that made the storm fish hook to the right, and it made landfall uh, near Tarpon Springs, uh, which is our worst case scenario because we get that counterclockwise rotation around the center, which was over Tarpon Springs, and that was just funneling the water into Tampa Bay and piling it up in St. Petersburg, Oldsmar, and downtown Tampa. So basically any place along Tampa Bay, downtown Tampa, downtown St. Pete, Oldsmar, what is now Safety Harbor, Ruskin, Apollo Beach, uh, down to the mouth, uh, down to around Anna Maria, uh, those places were among those that would have just gotten uh, the worst impact from the storm. And I'm guessing particularly storm surge. What, What kind of storm surge did those places see? So if we just look at storm surge issues, the wind field from this storm was pretty big. So the storm surge issues went all the way from Tarpon Springs 
south through Bradenton, Sarasota, all the way to Captiva near Fort Myers. Uh, all the barrier islands had damage from storm surge. Um, and in fact, uh, if you've ever been to Honeymoon Island uh, near Tarpon Springs, the pass that's just south of Honeymoon Island was created from the storm surge from the 1921 storm. Uh, all of our barrier islands were overtopped, they were underwater, and uh, downtown Tampa uh, had about 11 feet of water on top of Bayshore Boulevard. And those of you who drive Bayshore Boulevard and, and you see the flooding that occurs when we have a rain event or a storm event here, just imagine that, 11 feet of water. I, I'm thinking that would uh, inundate a good portion of the Interbay Peninsula as well. You know, if you look at our evacuation maps and just look at the red zone, which is evacuation zone one, or A, uh, it's really large. Our topography is very flat here in the Tampa Bay region, and the bathymetry, the depth of the water in Tampa Bay and offshore of Tampa is very shallow. And that combines to make a bigger storm surge impact that can go in tens of miles in some locations. The, the topography just rolls up the water in, into the bay. So uh, we've, we've covered storm surge. Obviously, that's a lot more people would be in a position to be affected by that. Uh, how, how high did the winds go on this storm? The winds were estimated at 115 miles an hour, which would make it a weak Category 3 storm. But uh, keep in mind, the area, Tampa Bay area in 1921 was... Uh, agricultural area as well. Uh, there was a lot of agriculture in Pinellas and Hillsborough County, a lot of citrus. And when those winds blew through, it was a uh, agricultural nightmare. It pretty much wiped out agriculture along the barrier islands because you've got salt water inundation and changing the acidity of the soil. And then everywhere else, all the wind just blew all the oranges off the trees, uh, in addition to you know damaging buildings all the way uh, to Lakeland. Uh, now, the one good thing about the storm is it went down to a Category 1 very quickly when it made landfall, and then it exited near uh, Daytona. But it did cause some damage clear across the state. Now, of course, this was a late-season storm occurring in late October, and it came in right off the Gulf. Is is the Tampa Bay area uh, historically more vulnerable to damage from storms like this that are late in the season uh, than the the classic hurricane that everybody thinks about, the one that starts up off the coast of Africa and marches across the Atlantic in August and September? Exactly. In fact, it's the second half of hurricane season. The peak of hurricane is on September 10th. Uh, and it's for all of the Atlantic Basin, which extends from Brownsville, Texas, to the African coast which is 5,000 miles. If we make that area smaller and just look at Florida, most of our storms, we have more storms on the second half of hurricane season than we do the first half. So we actually have more storms between September 10th to the end of November than we do before that time. Um, and it, especially on the west coast of Florida, our biggest storms are gonna be making landfall on our coast. And that is definitely uh, the October storms. So. Even though we're going down in hurricane activity in October, October actually makes me more nervous than, say, July, just because 
uh, any storm that forms in the Caribbean, moves into the Gulf of Mexico, can fish hook right and make landfall on our coast. We're speaking with Daniel Noah of the National Weather Service Office for the Tampa Bay area in Ruskin about an event that occurred a hundred years ago today. A major hurricane struck the Tampa Bay area, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's the biggest one that struck in the hundred years since. Uh, and you know, how long did it take the Tampa Bay area to to bounce back from that? Well, there there wasn't a lot here to begin with, so they bounced back. Uh, very quickly and it was also the population boom and the people that lived here you know there was a lot of people moving into the tampa bay region and they wanted that to continue so they worked hard to recover quickly now if we look at today with all the infrastructure that we have a major hurricane into tampa bay it's going to take more than a decade to get us back to normal and we could lose I think after Katrina, they lost up to 25% of their population, moved and never came back. That more than a decade. And and you point that out, that uh, population loss is a possibility. And uh, I've heard that uh, we're one of the most vulnerable areas as far as uh, the potential of effects from uh, storm surge. And you compare it to uh, New Orleans and what happened after Katrina, and uh, this is, this is, uh, we would be staring down quite an economic as well as a, as uh, as well as a human devastation here if we were to get a storm like that to, to make that kind of landfall today. Yeah, the uh, Project Phoenix is an effort done by the Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council to kind of think about these horrible things. What if a major hurricane struck our area? Uh, what would be the impact? And, and they looked at a Category 5, which is really much, much stronger than a Category 3. And they, the chance of that happening is much lower. But it gives you a sense of the impact. And they came up with 2,200 fatalities, a storm, feet, storm surge over 20 feet, with over 100 buildings uh, with major damage are de destroyed. What lessons can we take from the 1921 hurricane as we make our plans, as we in the Tampa Bay area uh, go about living our lives today? You know, people are slow to change. And after each major event, we change, hopefully for the better. Uh, they changed after the 21 storm, you know, instead of having the railroad track right on the coast, uh, let's move it inland a little bit. Uh, we have better building codes, uh, especially after Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Uh, by the 1995, we had the better building codes, and they increased again in 2002, and they even got stronger in 2012. So, uh, if you're buying a new house and it comes from it comes with uh, storm shutters, that's a result of the 2012 building code for homes that are within so many miles of the coast. Uh, so we are building better, but we do have a lot of older structures, historic structures, uh, and plus none of us living here today probably has ever been in a real storm surge. Uh, we've been in small ones, we've had them here, but to have one like they they had in Grand Isle, Louisiana with Ida, or Cameron, Louisiana with Hurricane Laura, we've not experienced that. 
Now, tell us about the uh, presentation that you've put together on your website about that. We hope to have a link to it as well. Uh, the presentation that you put together on the National Weather Service website for the Tampa Bay area about the 1921 hurricane. It's a very interesting way to present the story of what happened in 1921. It's We're using ArcGIS. It's called the story map. And you just kind of scroll down the page and the images and the video and the text is changing and it's leading you through this story of what it was like to be in Tampa Bay in 1921 when this storm came through. Uh, the best way to get to this story map is just to go to our website at weather.gov slash Tampa and you'll see the link at the top of the page. Daniel Noah, the Warning Coordination Meteorologist at the National Weather Service for the Tampa Bay area in Ruskin. Thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the News. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.